The following audio is from Delta Church in Springfield, Illinois. Our purpose is to proclaim the gospel through the church to a world that needs Jesus Christ. We pray this sermon will aid and encourage your daily walk with Jesus. For more information about Delta, you can visit us online at deltachurch.net. Thanks, Brady. Okay, why don't we uh, stand, and we're going to be reading from Philippians chapter 2, looking at verses 1 through 11. And if you need a Bible, there's one right underneath the seat right in front of you, unless you're sitting in front. Uh, But anyway, uh, you can use that Bible, and it's on page 921, that little black Bible there. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfishness or selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves." Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others, having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You may be seated. Thank you, Greg. We are blessed this morning to have uh, preach for us Brother Belafay Johnson. He is the pastor of the Purpose Church in Mascuda, Illinois. Uh, he's married, blessed with four kiddos. Uh, brother, we're excited to have you here this morning. Uh, pastor John and Charles have known him, I think, for quite a while, and have worked together through things like the Pastors Conference with IBSA and so forth. This is my first time to meet you, uh, but we're thrilled to have you here to exposit the text for us this morning, Amen. and uh, I'd like to pray for you. Please. Okay. Father God, we thank you for this brother. Thank you for saving him. Mm. Thank you for gifting him to preach and teach your word. Mm. I thank you that even though this is our first time for many of us to meet him, Father, we are family because of the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower this man, that you would give him clear thoughts, clear words, Mm. help him to be faithful to the text. I pray, God, that as he preaches you would capture his own heart by the text. Help him to worship his way even through his own sermon, Lord. Mm. And we pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would have for us this morning from Philippians 2. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. name. Amen. Welcome, brother. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning, Delta Church. Oh, we're, we're going to try this again. Is the, is the mic on this morning? Good morning, Delta Church. There we go. I'm not in here by myself this morning. Um, Whenever I get the opportunity to go out, 
uh, I like to uh, kind of warn those that are uh, listening. And uh, one of those warning is, is I always come prepared with two sermons. Uh, one, if there are a couple of amens or ouches, I have two points. Uh, if there aren't very many, I have 37. So you will determine how long we will be here on today. Amen. There we go. I was a little bit concerned when I saw that I had 11 verses. And then when I got here, I heard that Jonathan preaches about an hour and a half. And so I was like, oh, cool. That's right in my wheelhouse to do that on today. But no, we are uh, just grateful that we have been blessed with the opportunity to, uh, to serve here. It is very humbling for me uh, whenever a pastor uh, asks uh, to preach in his absence, and we are uh, grateful. I was blessed to get to know Jonathan uh, during our pastor's conference. We served together there, and during that time, man, the Lord just knitted our hearts together. We became brothers and found out we had a, a lot of things in common, one of those being uh, I think I'm a day older than him, uh, and so we're, we're February, maybe same year. Uh, both of our fathers were in the military, and uh, we have uh, just grown uh, together, and it's been a joy uh, to get to know him, and his family came down and worshiped with us a couple of weeks ago, and so I guess after coming down, he said, hey, this guy, I will let him preach uh, after all, and so we are grateful uh, for him doing his homework, uh, and then also the honor uh, to be here, uh, man, with, uh, I affectionately call him Master Yoda, that would be Charles, um, and Charles was one of the first men to uh, pour into me, to equip me, to challenge me uh, when it comes to planting a church, and so I would like to say to his lovely wife and to Delta Church, thank you for sharing him uh, with the body. Uh, Purpose Church is here, and Purpose Church is, uh, is doing all right, and one of those reasons is because the Lord blessed uh, me to get to know Charles uh, and our mission and vision and marks and measures and vision statements and frames and all of that stuff is uh, from Charles. I didn't have a clue about any of that stuff. I had never even heard the term church plant before. I was just like, man, what do y'all give plants to churches and y'all pray over the plant? And then it happens, and so that's all I knew of church planning uh, until uh, we had the opportunity. So we are grateful. Uh, I'm grateful for Purpose Church allowing me to get away. Uh, typically, my wife and family are with us, uh, but we are doing some other traveling today, and so they are back home, and we are extremely uh, excited to be here today. So as we look at our passage this morning, uh, I'm just a creature of habit. I'm just going to read it again quickly, and then we'll pray, and then we will see what the Lord does with us during the remainder of our time this morning. I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Version just again uh, quickly. It says this, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ. 
Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Father, I am humbled that you chose me on this morning. Father, I pray that you just continue to have your way in this place, in my heart, in my mind, Lord, will you just continue to do the work that is needed to be done in our hearts that we receive what it is that you have for us today. Jesus, I am running behind your cross. I want much made of you. God, if there is anything that is in me that is not like you, will you remove it for it to return no more? We are grateful that you've given us another day, and we need our daily bread. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I would like to entitle our time today, The Heart of the Church. The Heart of the Church. Uh, I don't know about you, but over the last couple of days, I was captivated by the uh, small submersible that had went missing. And uh, later on, we would hear about its demise. And, and as I was just watching all of the coverage and the footage of what began to happen when it comes to the, the recovery efforts I was taken back to the events of June 23rd, 2018, and what had happened was there was a group of boys, soccer players, along with their assistant coach, and they decided at the beginning of monsoon season to, to go exploring some caves in Thailand. It's a massive system of caves, of networks, and these young boys, along with their coach, decided to go on an exploration. What happened was what was expected to happen. It was monsoon season, and so it began to rain and rain a lot. And During that time, those boys, they were unable to get out the way that they came. The waters continued to come, and they got stuck, and so they had to continue to travel into the cave. They found themselves two and a half miles away from where they had started. During this time, of course, parents were beginning to wonder what happened, where are their kids, what is going on? So they begin to call each other, then they begin to go and to rally. And over the next several days, I was amazed at what we would see happen. A group of people turned into a whole bunch of people, turned into thousands of people from various walks of life, government, officials, military, their equivalent of the Navy SEALs, and then the whole world began to, to get involved with it. It was um, British divers who were coming. You had Americans who were there. You also had private businesses come together. I believe it was Tesla. They, they, they provided technology to help pump out some of the water that was happening there, and it was it was interesting. It was, it was something to see a group of people come together to save the lost, 
The boys had gotten lost. They had made a decision to do something. It had got them lost, and they were on their way to, to death, possibly. So as I looked at that, it, it, was, it was so interesting, and, 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 and praise God, the boys did not die. They, they found them. There were two soldiers who eventually would lose their lives, one there doing the rescue event. Another one would later die because of blood poisoning that had took place during the uh, attempt to save them. 20 countries. I was like, wow, so you mean to tell me all these different people, including the government, including the military, could come together to try to save some lost people? Kind of sounds like what the church should be doing, amen? The heart of the church. What we saw then is we saw what was possible when people would come together, when people were willing to sacrifice, when they were willing to get on the same page and share a common goal, we saw something amazing happen. Ed Stesser says this, he says, we need to take time to think about what God says about the church. As if we want to be his church. He says this, that the church is a living body with a dedicated structure and movement. The church is the instrument of God's agenda in the world. I just want to submit a couple of passages of Scripture that, that, that talks about the church. We want to do a deep dive here, but I'm trusting what the Lord will do in our hearts with this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 says this. Paul, he says, I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. This grace was given to me, to the least of all saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of Christ and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. To the rulers, I'm sorry, God who created all things, this is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church. To the rulers and authorities in the heavens, this is according to his eternal purpose accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. So then I ask you not to be discouraged over my afflictions on your behalf, for they are your glory. It is through the church that the Lord uses to make his wisdom known to the rulers. Matthew 16 and 18 is a familiar passage of scripture. Jesus says, and I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And what? The gates of Hades or hell will not overpower it. Y'all, I like to consider myself the Forrest Gump of Christians. So I like to make things simple. So I would like to submit to you, just in my simplistic way of thinking, that the mission of the church is to tell people about Jesus. Somebody say amen to that. The mission of the church is to tell people about Jesus. Tony Evans says this. He says, our society is not changing for the good today. Why? Because the church has settled for buildings and programs instead of accessing the authority of the kingdom and of the power of the Holy Spirit. We've had church services, but we haven't had transformation. In the midst of this world filled with sin, corruption, pain, and death, 
God has placed an ecclesia or church, a group of people called out to make a difference and improve the world through the execution of his kingdom agenda. Y'all, can I, can I preach like I'm at home today? Hey, this, this might bother you a little bit. But one of the things that I tell our folks at our church, before you leave Purpose Church, if you have on any Purpose Church paraphernalia, please take it off. Pastor, why? I said, because you're going to leave here, you're going to go out to eat, you're not going to tip well, you're going to send your food back 50 times, you're going to complain, you're not going to open the door for anybody, you're not going to say good morning, you're not going to say good afternoon, you're not going to say good night. Listen, if your Jesus can't make you say good morning to somebody, I don't want him. Y'all, that's what the world is saying. Can I tell you something? I am over angry, mean Christians. If you are angry, and if you are mean, if you are Christian, I can't rock with you. Pray for my heart, y'all. Pray for my heart. Super Christians, if you're in here today, this might be the Sunday you want to take off. Brothers and sisters, things should be changing because we are there. The Lord has made believers. We are thermostats, not thermometers. We are the ones that God has chosen to change the temperature in the room, not just simply be moved by it. We have a beautiful opportunity. I want to give you the big idea right off of the bat, in case you have to leave or stop paying attention. At least you can get this today. Here's the big idea for our time. Listen, we cannot fulfill the mission of the church until we acknowledge Christ and imitate him in his humility. We cannot fulfill the mission of the church until we acknowledge Christ and imitate him in his humility. Isn't it interesting that we have folks that try to talk about Jesus, try to talk about the things of the church, don't even realize that they're not even acknowledging him, that they're not even making much of him, that they are not following him in his humility this is what this letter is, is getting at. Let's look back at verse 1 of our passage today, Philippians 2, verse 1. Paul starts off, he says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. Paul wrote this letter to the church at Philippi. He did this from prison, and we learn in Acts chapter 16 that Paul, along with Silas and Timothy and Luke, that they planted this church Ten years prior to this letter, during this journey, Paul would encounter a rich woman by the name of Lydia. The gospel was shared, and she responded, and she was baptized, and later the first European church was planted. This church at Philippi was near and dear to Paul, and he wrote this letter to encourage this Philippian church to live as heavenly citizens and that it would be evident by their growing commitment to serving God and serving one another. Paul says this earlier in this letter, chapter 1, starting in verse 2. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. 
Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affections of Christ Jesus. Paul cared deeply for this church and in all of God's churches, the church, the global church. He writes this letter to them because he wants them to remain focused. Because this church was located in a city that was under Roman control. People who lived there were considered Roman citizens. And if you were from Rome walking around Philippi, you would feel at home. One of the reasons why is because Rome, it was a pagan city where there was idol worshiping that was taking place. There was other sinful behaviors that were taking place. Y'all, the worldly influence that was there, it was strong. False teaching was trying to infiltrate the church in an effort to move the church away from its mission. Ain't y'all glad that that doesn't happen anymore? I'm glad y'all caught the joke. False teaching, it was coming in. People were making up things to say and an attempt to move the church away from its mission to tell others about Jesus, to make known the wisdom that is there. This letter that Paul wrote It was to remind them of who they were, but more importantly, whose they were. Brothers and sisters, the church, all of us that call Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we've been called to a monumental task, and that task is to push back darkness. Y'all, we live in a dark and fallen world, and we get to be the ones who reflect the light from the sun, from Jesus. We get to do that. Paul, again, he says, if then, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, asking these series of questions here, is there... Any encouragement in Christ? Is is there any consolation or comfort of his love? If there is any fellowship with the Spirit, if there is any affection and mercy, this kind of hits a little bit different understanding Paul's circumstances that he would bring this up in this way. Quickly, I just want to read to you some words from Jesus himself as we think through these questions here. John 14, 15 through 21, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Verse 18, I don't know about y'all, as I read these, I just, I just get excited. I just get warm all over. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father. And you are in me, and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father. I also will love him 
and will reveal myself to him. Believers, we are loved. Believers, we are loved by the creator of heaven and earth. Believe that. Receive that. Live in that. Celebrate that. You know, I think part of the problem for some of us is we've been saved so long, we forgot how and why we got saved. If you don't have any unbelieving people in your life, I encourage you to get some. If you don't know any newer believers, I encourage you to find some. Y'all, you know why? Man, it is something beautiful about those who get saved. Do you remember when you first got saved? Do you remember how excited you were, how on fire you were? And then something happens along the way. We lose that, that joy. We lose that excitement. I was blessed just the other day to sit in a coffee shop, which I do that a lot. I love coffee. Y'all pray for me in that. Um, but I was sitting in this coffee shop, and there was a, a, a lady who was sitting next to me, and she noticed some things that I was doing, some things actually I learned from Charles. And she said, wow, that is the most beautiful calendar I've ever seen someone make. And I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it led us to beginning to, to talk about the Lord, and she, she couldn't stop crying. Because just the day before, she said, you know what, it had never dawned on me before, and it was Father's Day, and she said, I heard this message, and the message told me that God was my father. She said, I never thought about it that way. She said, I haven't been able to stop crying ever since that moment. I said, oh my God, I wish there was a million more of you. That would, that would weep under the weight of who we get to be because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, the creator of everything, of heaven and earth, the ones who knows how many grains of sand are, on, sand are on every beach everywhere, calls you his son and his daughter. You are loved by God. We are loved by the creator of heaven and earth, when we acknowledge his son, Jesus Christ, when we obey the truth that is his word, we see, we will learn that we are able to do whatever he calls us to do. So these questions that Paul asked, it should really excite those of us who acknowledge Christ as our Lord and Savior. These questions reveal what is there at our disposal to do what the Lord has called us to do. Let's look at this again in that light. Brothers and sisters, is there any encouragement in Christ? Guess what the answer is? Yes. Is there any comfort from his love? Guess what the answer is? Yes. Is there any participation in the spirit? Guess what the answer is? Yes. Is there any affection and sympathy? Guess what the answer is? Yes. We get to do what God calls us to do, what Jesus calls us to do, not in our own power, but in his. Be encouraged. We also see in this letter that Paul reveals his heart. Leaders, those that aspire to be leaders, even just those of us that are apart, it's a heart that, that we all should have. It's what we should desire 
Those of us that sit under leadership, this is what we should desire of our leaders. Those that God chooses to lead us. Look what he says in verse 2. Make my joy complete by thinking the same way. Having the same love. United in the spirit, intent on one purpose. Paul's desire for the church, y'all, it was simple. It was It was unity. He wants the body to be unified. It's like an oxymoron, isn't it? You want the body to be unified. It should be. We should all be going in one direction. We should all have the same goal. We should all desire the same thing. But the reality is, is we don't. It's having a conversation about having a building and owning one. Y'all want to know One of the reasons why I don't want to own one, because I don't want to have to enact church discipline when we decide on the color of the carpet (laughs) or the paint on the walls or who's going to get this room, who's going to get that room. It's amazing what can cause trouble in the church. It's fascinating what can come up that would so quickly get us off of our focus. Paul desired unity. That was his heart for the church. He wanted the body to be unified. Brothers and sisters, the world is working hard to infiltrate the church. They are working hard to come in the church with its hate and with its policies and with its ideas and its agendas. Same thing is happening now. That's what was happening in Philippi. It's going on everywhere. Probably even more so here. Y'all got the capital here. Y'all got all the folks that come into town. I'm praying for y'all like never before. Paul says these words also in Romans chapter 12. It's a good reminder for the church. He says this in verse 1. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in the view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why is that? So that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So what's desired of us is unity, and the only way that we will be unified is if we fall in love with God's word. If we do whatever we have to do to to make time to to be there. I tell my folks, I'm grateful for Bible apps. However, at some point, the verse of the day is not going to be enough. I'm grateful for your consecutive streak on your app. I'm grateful for the 30 seconds that you give God each day. But at some point... There needs to be growth. There needs to be a desire, a hunger, and a thirst that pushes you to go deeper and to dive and to fall in love with it. I know that Netflix show is captivating. I know the nine series that is there. I I know the binge watching is just something we look forward to on a regular basis, y'all. But I can tell you what, whatever episode that you are on, you can quote your favorite line from that show. But when the enemy comes knocking at your door, 
Your favorite quote, your favorite tagline, your favorite motivational speaker is not going to be enough. It is only the word of God. When it moves in our heart, when it becomes what we yearn for, when it comes for what we desire, y'all, things change. One of the things I tell our couples to do when they, whether it's premarital or whether we got to do some, we in a rough space marital, one of my encouragements to them is very simple. They leave bewildered when I tell them this. I say, hey, y'all, can y'all just do one thing for me for a little bit? What's that, pastor? Can y'all just read the Bible together? Where you want us to read? I don't care. Just open it up and start. Just read. Read together. Come up with a plan. Work together. Get on the same page. Become a team. And just read. If y'all want to, y'all both read in the morning. Y'all come together at night before you go to bed and talk about it. And he's like, why, why would you do that? Because, man, it, it changes the dynamic in your home. It changes the conversation. You begin to spend time not nagging so much. And I'm thankful for the distraction of the word because I'd be forgetting to do some stuff my wife asked me. Thank God for the word. It's powerful. It changes minds. We get, to, we get to rally around the word of God. And suddenly what happens is some things that used to be so big and so major, they don't seem that important anymore in light of the word of God. We need to have a growing thirst, a growing desire for his word. We need our minds renewed. Maybe if we did that, we wouldn't argue about the color of the carpet in the church. Somebody say amen or ouch. So Paul shows us his heart. There's a posture that we should have. Look at the posture. We look at it verses 3 through 5. Look at what he says. This is rough right here. Do nothing, including picking out the carpet. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ. Ask yourselves this morning, why are you here? What's your motives? Checking off the box. I did it. I went to church this weekend. Are you here because you think it'll get you the position that you want, the title that you want? Are you here because you want to get a girl? You want to get a guy? What, what are you here for? What's your motives? What's the posture of your heart today? Are you here or are you already thinking about what you're going to do when you leave here? When somebody asks you to do something, whether it's something you want to do or not, how do you respond? I'm going to pause right here to say uh, I have not had a meaningful conversation with Jonathan about what's going on here. And so if I start to step on some toes, it's not his fault or Charles. We're going to, it's the Holy Spirit. I don't know what y'all over here doing. Are there some needs? Are there some serving opportunities here do we got the same people getting burnt out because they're with the kids all the time or, or they're doing this or they're doing that? Ah, I don't want to do this. I just want to come to church. I just want to hear a good word. I want to go home and do my thing. I ain't got time for all of that other stuff. What's your motive? What are you here for? How do you respond when you're asked to do something? Well, that's not my calling. Well, do this until you get called. 
Submit yourself. Humble yourself. Serve. Something beautiful that happens when you get out of yourselves. Paul, in this passage, he lists some very heavy attitudes. And he's stating them. He wrote this letter because they were creeping into the hearts of the people. And it's happening now. He says, selfish ambition. One of the examples, when you, when you study this word, guess what it talks about? Electioneering or intriguing for office. Doing whatever you need to do for the sake of you getting what you want, no matter what it takes. He uses the word conceit or vain glory. Groundless self-esteem. Empty pride is what he was talking about. One commentator says this. He says, a dictionary definition of conceit is an excessively favorable opinion of one's own ability, importance, and wit, and so forth. When we live with the feeling that we are so important or so able or so talented, we are out of God's will. And we are working against the unity Paul pleaded with the Philippians and all Christians to have. Listen to me when I say this. There is no room for selfish, self-serving people in God's kingdom. Remember, God's son died so that we may be brought into the kingdom. This is why we have to continue to preach the gospel until ourselves, because we lose sight that God had to sacrifice his son for us to be brought into the kingdom, for us to be brought into right relationship with him, for us to have what we call the church. Brothers and sisters, we cannot fulfill the mission of the church until we acknowledge Christ who he is, what he's done. Acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior. Acknowledge him as the Son of God. We cannot fulfill the mission of the church until we acknowledge who he is, and we must imitate him in his humility. Look at verse 5. It says, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Verse 7, Instead, He emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant. Another way that I heard this is that Jesus condescended himself and came out of heaven to come down here on earth. Some of us won't get out of our cars. Some of us won't leave our subdivisions. Some of us won't go across the streets to share the gospel. But Jesus condescended himself, came out of perfection, to save us. Verse 7, instead he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. And it gets worse, not just death, but death on a cross. Y'all, my kids are spoiled. I hope y'all not recording this because I might have to come move in with y'all. But my wife is spoiled too. She'll confirm that. She'll confirm that. And, you know, Father's Day just happened, right? 
By the way, Father's Day is sad. It's, it's just not the same as Mother's Day. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm praying for y'all in that. You can get into any restaurant you want on Father's Day. Mother's Day, you got to like, I think right now they're taking reservations for 2032 uh, for Mother's Day at your favorite restaurant, man. But y- y'all want to know what fires me up? I'm good to my kids, y'all. I, I do a lot of stuff for them. Y'all know what fires me up? When I ask them to take out the trash. Y'all, sometimes I ask them to do some stuff. Y'all would have thought that I said, hey, go down to the sanitation department, steal a truck, do the route, do it again, and then take it back and come back. That's the way they act. Man, I got to take out the trash. You put trash in there, didn't you? Like, my goodness, after all I've done, some of y'all know that. Y'all, y'all have gotten the story before you use it. After all I've done, if I, if I, mothers, y'all got the ultimate one. Do you know how long I was in labor with you? <laughs> Seven weeks I was in labor with no epidural, no medicine, no nothing, no air conditioning. It was 200 degrees outside. And I ask you to take out the trash and you can't even do it. Y'all, can I tell y'all what? I am so grateful to know that every morning that the Lord allows me to wake up, I get to experience his new mercies and his great faithfulness. Why is that? Because, man, there, there's, there's times when I don't share my faith in, in him. There's, there's time when I don't make much of him to other people because I don't feel like it. Some days I wake up, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to pray for anybody. I'm God, don't let anybody call me or need anything. I'm good. I want to be selfish today. There's times when I don't read his word. There's times when I don't pray. I'm so glad to know that great is his faithfulness. Great is his tender mercies towards me because he doesn't give me what I deserve for my obedience, my disobedience to him. He calls me and all of us to do, to reach and to share. And so many times we we act like my kids when it comes to taking out the trash. Or we find something else that seems to be more beneficial to us in that moment than obeying him, adopt the same attitude as Christ Jesus. This church, Delta Church, it is not yours. Purpose Church is not mine. Jonathan is not the head of Delta Church. I am not the head of Purpose Church. They, every church that exists, that calls on Jesus Christ's name as Lord and Savior, belong to Christ. And again, he died so that all of us may be a part of it. You can have the greatest membership covenant in the world. Listen, it means nothing if Jesus didn't die. It means nothing if he did not call. It means nothing if he did not extend mercy towards us. In light of all that he's done, in light of this and every church being his, I want to ask you one question this morning. What can't you do for Jesus? In light of his sacrifice, in light of the nails in his hands and in his feet, in light of the crown of thorns that was mashed into his head, the ultimate sacrifice, obeying God unto death, even death on the cross, what can't you do for him? What is not worth giving up? What is not worth sacrificing in order to make much of him? This is why the message of the gospel is vital. 
Yes, we must share the gospel so that the lost may hear, and we pray that they may be saved, and we should share it over and over again so that we can be reminded of what it took for us to be brought near. We all once were far off. We all once were considered illegitimate children, but because of Jesus, we are now considered sons and daughters of God in heaven. So we must we must acknowledge Christ. We must imitate him in his humility. And, and I got one last just encouragement for you, and I will take my seats. I am a, a huge sports fan. Uh, one of the things that the Lord did just to bless me and encourage me was uh, he allowed me to become um, the chaplain and on the coaching staff at a university where my son plays basketball. And uh, my son's the team captain there, so it's just been really neat to be able to sit on the sidelines and cheer. And, but even what's been better than that, and I love my son a lot, just the opportunity that I've had to just share the gospel with these young men, to have the opportunity to be there with them, to support them. It's been a huge encouragement to my life. Uh, we got players from all over the country. And so, man, just to know that the Lord chose me to share the gospel. And we got kids from Sudan, you know, uh, uh, different places in Europe. And it's just amazing to see what happens. And so one of the things that uh, we talked about, our kind of theme for last year, was, was being locked in. We got we to gotta, we gotta get rid of the distractions, you know, <laughs> even some, I'm just like, hey, man, if, if you ain't planning on marrying her, like if y'all just cool, you might want to call a timeout on that relationship so you can focus on your schoolwork, on your classes, focus on uh, what we desire to do this year because we, we had a goal. And so we were able to, to rally around the goal. And so just my last encouragement for you before we leave today and that we see here, just in this, the encouragement, I think, for the body of Christ is this, we, we got to keep our eyes on the goal. We got to keep our eyes on the goal. Listen, um, I'm not a stats guy, so I just went to a meeting, and I just got these numbers, so I don't want y'all to be impressed with me. I ain't do a whole lot of homework. This just happened, all right? So I just, I just want to put that out there. I want to be like, oh, man, I, I didn't do this. I copied this off a of PowerPoint that they sent me from the class. I was grateful that they sent it, too. But listen to this. In our state, we have over 900 churches that are considered to be part of the Illinois Baptist State Association. 784 of our churches have an average attendance of 100 or less. So the majority, the vast majority of our churches in the state of Illinois that are Baptists are 100 or less is the average amount of people that are gathering. Listen to this. In 2022, 337 of those 784 churches reported no baptisms. Not a huge numbers guy, and so we know that's not the, the, the end-all, be-all, but as you hear some folks say, numbers matter. There are some things that we need to pay attention to because we are called to go out, and we know that baptisms are a public showing of what the Lord has done. We want to follow what Christ modeled. Here's something else out of those 784 churches. 610 of those baptized between zero and one. 
I don't know about, as I was sitting and listening to that, y'all, I just, I just, I wanted to cry. Again, it, it, it wasn't just so much about just, just strictly numbers and, and all of those things, but man, to know that so many of our churches had been leading people to the waters of baptisms. On top of these numbers, we've, we've lost pastors and other church leaders because of sin and other, moral fa- and other moral failures. Churches are closing their doors. Y'all, there are some churches that haven't had a pastor in three years. Some churches have hired pastors just to simply preach. And some of the stories that exist out there, they are heartbreaking. Just begin to, to weep and just to be, to be broken. We got churches that are closing their doors. We, we have a, a shortage of, of pastors. We have churches that just so inwardly focus. Why is, is that the case? Why are we seeing that? I won't dare stand before you and suggest that I have all of the answers. However, I'd just like to suggest that one of the issues may be that we've just we've lost sight of the goal. In some cases, we've, we've taken our eyes off of Jesus and we've focused our gaze on our favorite church leaders. It may be even ourselves. I think in some cases, church leaders and leadership has replaced Christ as the high call. When we take our eyes off of Christ, who is the goal, who is the pursuit, we will become inward focused. And when we become inward focused, what happens is that we care more about our kingdom and advancing our kingdom and our agenda and our goals than we do of his. What happens when we become inward focused, when we take our eyes off the goal that is Christ, we care more about the name of our church than we do the name of Jesus. So I, I believe that these, these last two verses in our passage is a beautiful reminder of the goal. If you would, if you would just humor me with this exercise. I was going to use the Cardinals, but they were terrible yesterday, so I refuse to talk about them. Such a joke. You go all the way to England to get blown up like that. Y'all could have played somewhere, not even in St. Louis. I didn't want you to play in St. Louis playing like that. I mean, think about if you're into sports, think about just like the greatest sports experience that you, that you ever had. I went to a small school, and we didn't even have a football team. And Like, no offense, but we just had soccer. That just wasn't my thing, so I didn't go. Our basketball team was terrible. But, man, I, when I look, watch college football at these big old schools, they got thousands of people, especially when they got the schools that got, like, the chance you know, if you Oklahoma, you could just say, oh, you, and they do all that kind of stuff, and then they make the, the signs and all of that. Man, it's amazing to see that and to hear, to hear that. And I bet the players that are in the tunnel 
when they hear the crowd going crazy like that. I remember my son, uh, he played at, at Mascuda uh, when he played basketball in his senior year. Uh, he led and others, they led their team to like the furthest they had been in like 30 years. And uh, I'm a crazy sports guy. I'm at the game. I dyed my beard purple. And man, we were just going crazy, y'all. It was insane. It was, man, it was just, it was, it was so exciting. And, and I remember talking to my son later. He, he walked out, man, and he saw the crowd. He was just like, dad, he was like, that was incredible. We never played in front of that many people and, and just how it was. You know, keep in mind the goal. I want us to look at verses 9 through 11 and think about what it's going to feel like when this is the reality. I'm just going to read it again. The goal. Imagine what would it be like to be a part of this to see this, to experience this, to live in this. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him, Jesus, the name that is above every name, the name that is above Delta Church, the name that is above Purpose Church, the name that is above, insert your favorite large megachurch anywhere. Verse 10, why? Imagine this. Imagine this, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Imagine every knee, every knee. Y'all want to do a deep study here on, on Greek or whatever you want to call it, deep? Guess what every means? It means every. Y'all learned something today. You left for smarter today. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Where? In heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wouldn't it be amazing to be a part of that, to witness that, to be in the midst of that, for that to be our reality forever and ever and ever. Brothers and sisters, we are the ones that God chose to pursue this goal. Be encouraged. Let's acknowledge him over and over again as the Lord and Savior of our lives. Let's preach the gospel to ourselves over and over again. And y'all, let's humble ourselves. I know you're smart. I know you're amazing. I know you're muscular like Charles. Some of y'all got some, some money. I heard one person say, man, some people have so many degrees, they look like a thermometer. That might be you. You might be well-versed in the scriptures. You might know everything that there is to know about the word of God. You, you were born speaking Aramaic. Praise God. I know you've accomplished some awesome things. I know you have an amazing job, a job title. You get to do cool stuff. But brothers and sisters, there's nothing better than imitating Christ in his humility. My Bible that I read, it tells me to humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. So much better when he does the exalting than when you do. Or other people do. Will you stand and pray with me this morning?
Thank you to pastors, elders, leaders. Thank you to each of you for just being here, allowing me to serve you all this morning. It's my heart's desire that the Word of God turns over and over in your heart. And I hope you leave encouraged. I hope you leave knowing that it's not up to you. God's power is at work best in your weakness. I know that's countercultural. I know we were told to, we got to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. I've yet to seen somebody physically do that. I don't know where we got that from. Um, I know people tell you, I mean, you, you, got, you, got to do it your, you got to do it yourself. I know that's normal, but man, that is so anti-gospel. Humility. Being open, being honest, being vulnerable. There is somebody who is able to help you with the issue that you're going through, but the help won't be there because they don't know you need help. There's a beautiful opportunity for all of us in the body of Christ to humble ourselves, to desire what the Lord has called us to do more than maybe what we want to do. Hey, y'all, I'm so glad the Lord didn't answer my prayers the way I wanted them to. Because, man, I would have, I would have, I would have came so far away from the things that he's done in my life. So I just want to spend a moment just today. We'll take my seat. I, I just want to, can I just, can I just pray over you all? Like I said, I don't, I don't know all what is going on here. I didn't do a deep dive with any of the pastors or elders, but man, whenever I get the opportunity to come out, man, I just, I just, man, I just, I want to see y'all live and do and be everything that Jesus died for you to be. I want that. I want that for this church. I want that for all of you. I want, I want your marriages to be well. I want your relationship with your children to be well. Listen, all of that is ministry. If you are here and you are a, an aspiring pastor, you are, I tell those brothers all the time, man, the greatest sermon that you will ever preach is the way you love your wife, the way you love and serve your kids. That's the opportunity that we have to the world to show them that there is a difference. The way we parent our kids, the way we love them, the way we serve, we get that opportunity. So I just want to pray for you. I'm going to take my seat. Dear Heavenly Father, we get to call you Father, I get to call you Father because I believe in Jesus. I believe in the truth that is the gospel message. I believe, Jesus, that you came. You condescended yourself. You came to earth. You came to seek and to save the lost. I'm so glad that you saved me. I'm so glad that you delivered me. And I'm so glad that your Spirit is working in me and in all of those that believe and that we are being sanctified, that we are continually being cleansed and purposed for you. So we are your sons and your daughters and you are our fathers. And Lord, God, we pray to you in the name of Jesus that you just, that you just do what needs to be done in all of our hearts. Lord, for those that don't know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, I I just pray that you just begin to move, that you, that you begin to, to knock, that you begin to, to beckon, that you begin to draw them near so that they may confess their sins and that they may cry out to you and that Jesus, that they call you Lord and Savior over their lives. 
God, I pray that for those that, that you save, that, that you surround them with mature believers that, 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 that won't quench your spirit, that won't put out the fire that they have for you, but will provide just love and care and, and, and instruction and encourage them to continue to go out and to do what you've called all of us to do. Lord, I pray for those that have been walking with you for a while, for those that have maybe lost the vigor for those that have just experienced the wounds that are real because we've lived a life in a fallen and broken world and it is, it's taken its toll on some of us. Lord, I pray for refreshment. I pray for them to be reminded that you, Jesus, said that come to me all who are weary, all who are heavy laden with burdens and that you will give them rest and that they can come to you because you are, you are gentle and you are lowly in spirit. Oh, God, will you, will you relight the pilot flames in our hearts? God, will you, will you allow us to, to move as if we did when you first saved us? Lord, I pray that you just continue to do a mighty work in Delta Church, through Delta Church. God, I pray that all of the communities that are surrounding, Lord, that they will see your light shining off of this body of believers and that they will come to ask, what must we do to be saved? Lord, will you bless all of their endeavors? Will you encourage them? Will you give them their daily bread? Will you give them the desires of their hearts as their hearts turn increasingly more to you? God, thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, and we are grateful that you chose us. It's in Jesus' name we all say, amen.